a chicken wing. Thank you for being brave. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Travel down the road back again. Hey, so we started from the bottom, now we're here, girl. Oh, yeah. Well, That's my part here. right here. Wait, can I stop right there and tell you it was just today that I figured out he was saying the word new, K-N-E-W? I thought he was going like new, 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 new like N-O-O-O-N-O-O. And then I was like, oh, because she said everyone you knew. And he says new, 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 new. Anyway. The biggest gift, huh? The biggest! Thank you for being my friend! Oh, oh, yeah! Have you guys seen the videos of people who are chiming in with him and they are are uh, it, 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 they don't look it, you have to do it at the same volume okay it has to be at the same volume but they're doing they're doing their thing they're calling response and one person doing the lead uh, it's it, it's really quite remarkable in fact have you guys been seeing the Angela Lloyd Webber thing where Angela Lloyd Webber's been doing playing the piano in quarantine and then uh, the whole orchestra they, they go, a person played a harp a person played a harp can you believe that it's amazing Welcome to Shady Pines, a limited series from Afterthought Media where three gay men recap the Golden Girls Season 1. This episode, we're recapping Season 1, Episode 10, titled The Heart Attack, which Joey Booker is about to give me right now. First, from the podcast Catching Up, please say it's a bubble to Mike Lawson. Hello, Lawson. Hey, how are you? Do you like people calling you Lawson or do you prefer Mike Lawson or Mike? I don't, you know what? I've never been, I'm, my name's Mike. You probably understand this, Joe. Like, I don't, my name doesn't bother me. Call me whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, sometimes it's Joseph, sometimes it's Joey. You know, like, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really bother me. My brother hates Michael. He likes He Mike. goes by, he's a strong Michael. He's a strong Mike. He hates Michael. Oh, he's a strong Mike. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. He goes like Mike Ol. I don't know. It's a whole explanation. Also, yeah. from the podcast Cocktails of Cream Plus, please order Watercress in Paris for oh. Joey Boohecker. Hello, Joseph L. Boohecker. You're What's such a colossal on? asshole that it's just fascinating to me. Tell me why. That you're the only people I get to talk to. I wasn't overly passionate <laughs> the way that you decided to do that. I literally sit alone and I'm just like enjoying talking to friends. Uh-huh. And, and, and he had to ruin are, it. You are such a fucking Dorothy <laughs> pissing on my rose. <laughs> Before the show, Joey uh, forced us to listen to Angela Weber uh, play with an orchestra. I didn't force you. You turned around and said, oh, I'm interested now. And then 30 seconds in, you said, I'm not interested. And we were like, we have to do this episode. But yeah. then Boo Harker was like, no, we cannot yeah. even proceed until can we, we for have- once just do something i ask please <laughs> all right can we just li- in fact can we just listen to the entire score of phantom of the opera <laughs> well i can understand that sentiment i've never asked for that do you guys know that every time all i ask of you plays i weep i don't know why why do you weep joey I don't know. There's certain songs that I actually just hear and they make me burst into you know tears. What? And it's and it's a strange selection. You know what? I, I have what? a. I don't know if I burst into tears, but I do have a song that I tear up on, and it's weird. What? I don't even like the show. What is it? Sunday from Sunday in the Park with George. I don't. I tear up on 
three songs come to mind and they're ridiculous. All I ask of you, okay, climb every mountain. Okay. <laughs> and the first moment that the kids that Michael flies and Peter Pan and they're like, and he's like, think lovelier thoughts, Christmas. And it's just that first moment. I think it's just it's just that powerful moment and it huh. vibrates. Every time I see Peter Pan, no matter how old I am, that moment, I burst into tears. You does it burst into tears. Yeah, so what he said, Joe. <laughs> I guess, I he guess. said what he said. <laughs> I guess he said what mine, he said. Mine, mine, mine um, is, I have a weird one, but I, I get emotional at a lot of things, but mm-hmm. the weird one that I, comes to mind that I know is weird is mm-hmm. the very opening part of Hello, Dolly from Hello, Dolly, like the actual Hello, That Dolly moment. Dolly I know what you're talking about. Oh, you heard the opening of the second, isn't it the just, opening of the second act? It just yeah, feels really good. Opening, but yeah. <laughs> I, I do have a story associated with that, but I'm not going to tell it because no, it's please do no, Boo Hacker, please no, no, Boo no, Hacker, no. please. I'm begging you, tell that story. No, I'm not interested. So let's <laughs> talk about this episode. Wait, what do we do? Is there structure? Are you gonna? Is there a synopsis? I'll teach you. Oh, how lovely to fly! It's not the same. It's, it's me watching it for that one. We'll go. Wendy, when you're sleeping in your yeah, I should day, say the other two are, are when it's live because it's the full orchestra. The which is Which is why I think I feel that way about uh, all I ask you is when I heard the full orchestration is when got me going. Yeah. It's the brilliance of the instruments. I really there, there's something to live music. Even rent, that first moment when they go, the power blows, and you feel that wall of sound yeah. rushing towards you, it gets you right at your core. And a good production also like hits you with something visually at that exact same time. Sure, like, but, it's just like all encompassing. Yeah, but it lets you know how brilliant the the composer is that something grabs you. Yeah. Sorry. What was the story you were going to tell again? By the way, I forgot. You never about, knew it about Hello Dolly. The girls host a party at the house, which Sophia catered. Uh, by the way, before I this is the first time I'm reading this. I just copied and pasted from the wiki, and whoever's writing there needs to go to school. The, ho- the worst writers. I'm gonna try and edit in my head, but just FYI. Did you all notice in that first moment that large woman who comes running out into the windy storm? Yes. It's so funny that you say that. Cause I had to watch. You know, I watched it twice. So I watched it the first time, didn't notice. The second time. Well, let me read the summary first. The I girls, that bitch. The girl. I know. The girls host a party at the house, which Sophia catered after the guests all leave, likely due to the bad weather and the late time. The girls begin to clean up. Sophia sits down in discomfort, believing she has indigestion from scungili she ate earlier. However, when she begins to have chest pains, she and the girls think she's having a heart attack. Blanche calls Sophia's doctor, Doctor Harris, as well as the paramedics. However, Doctor Harris is not available, and the paramedics. Uh, they, they couldn't find him. He wasn't available. And the paramedics cannot drive an ambulance because trees are down from the storm. While the girls take turns keeping Sophia company, they think about their own deaths and how Sophia's death would impact them, especially Dorothy, who said she'd consider herself a 50-plus-year-old orphan uh, several times. Sophia falls asleep and scares the girls who thought she had died. Finally, Dr. Harris arrives and diagnoses Sophia with a gallbladder attack brought on by the gargantuan amount of food Sophia oh. consumed throughout the day. Let's start with uh, JLB here, Mr. Boohecker, and why don't you give us your thoughts on this episode? This is actually an episode that I have always really liked. Wait, hold on for a second. Uh, I, I can't believe I'm doing this now. Mike, is he on his microphone? Can you not hear me? No, I can hear you, but something you're on like your your like internal. Hold mic. on, let's just double check and make sure everything's right. Yeah. 
I think it's your internal mic. <laughs> oh, it, it shouldn't be, but I apologize if it is. Um, no, it's not a big deal. We, we can hear you. Just want to make sure. We're going to check in. If you have it all, you know, there, if it's. Hold on one second. I apologize. Oh, please. Um, you... you know how you can make it up to us, Boo Hacker? Joe, the fact that I'm still speaking to you at this moment is is a push. So Tell stop. us that Hello Dolly story. Somebody made the joke. Uh, I I can't claim that this is my joke, but that uh, Betty Buckley's tour when it came through where I work that at that moment they should have had one of those things that like hovers down the staircase where she sits in it. <laughs> oh, I didn't think she was bad down the staircase. No, she just. I mean, she. If I could do half of what she does at her age, I'd I'll be happy. Yeah, I actually thought she was pretty great. Okay, hold but wasn't on. she doing like two shows a week? Wasn't it like, <laughs> was like no, no, she no. did. Eight. She did all of her performances because she, she understood so people were coming to see her. Yeah, but she kept I, getting sick. Yeah, she called out a lot. I think in L.A. she called out yeah. a lot. Actually, but she yeah, but she was ill. Never. Wherever she went right after us was... She Did you ever figure out your microphone? Anything with LA? I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying to... And I'm sorry. I wish during all that time that you were laying into me, we, you said it then. I was too busy laying into you. <laughs> oh, not that. I think the Bette Midler version is great. I think it's fine. I think, I think it lost a lot of the humor. And I think it was... Um, it was Bet. I mean, it was Bet doing the show, not as much of the. But isn't it? A, it's a star vehicle. I mean, that, that's I think, yeah. yes and no. I mean, you have to understand the character. The character is is. Um, can you still hear me? Oh, now you. Oh, there, there's the boo hacker we know. The, char- the character, the role. I mean, in musical theater, some people call it the woman's the woman's Hamlet, mm-hmm. um, because it's based off of Thornton Wilder's. Um, Taming in the Shrew. Matchmaker. <laughs> All right. Go on. I'm sorry. So this is... No, I was laughing at Lawson's joke, Boo Hector. Don't be so sensitive. <laughs> I'm not... I am not sensitive. I just want to get through this. Um, the audio sounds much better. Thank you yeah. for doing that. Thank you. Whatever I didn't you realize do. it. Thank you. So, guys, uh, I actually really... All, for some reason, this is an episode that's always um, stuck in my mind over the years. I think it's. Uh, a, I actually have always thought it was a great episode because it was very personal. There was, you know, it's not about the laughs. I mean, yeah, there were some laughs, but it's not about the laughs. It's much more interpersonal relationships, and it, and I um. I I think there's some really you know for this is me as a director or an acting teacher going. There's some really strong work in there. Mm-hmm. You know, we find out about about how how Rose's husband dies. And that fantastic monologue of, you know, that sh- her dressing Charlie. And it, it was this really strong moment. And, and we got to find out. I mean, I almost wish that they also brought in of when Blanche's husband died and kind of kept it going in that feeling. But I, I really thought emotionally it was a very strong, touching show, a touching episode. And also, you know, that's fears is, you know, as the generation before you go, as everybody takes a step forward. I think it's very interesting that this is back to back with the episode that Rose's mother came in, and that's why I really don't think they were taped in order. Right. I agree with that. 
You know, Boo Hecker, it's so funny that you say that because I feel actually, I think one of the best acting moments in the show is when Dorothy is in uh, Sophia's room looking for the rosary. Um, and she, and Blanche is sitting on the on the bed, and, and Dorothy saying, "I feel this, I feel that," blah, blah blah blah. And Blanche is just nodding and saying, "I know," but she's saying it with that conviction, like there's a there's subtext, there's a story there that we don't know, but that Blanche has been through this and knows that pain. It's not like it's it's empathy, it's not sympathy. Well, I don't remember if Blanche's mother is dead at this point, and that's what I would keep trying to remember. Well, it could have been just her husband's death. You don't know what she's thinking about. Sure, 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 yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, Lawson, what, do you have anything to add? Do you have the same opinion that Boo Hecker does on this episode? For the most part, yeah. I am realizing that I'm watching these with much... with, with a very different perspective than I normally do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Golden Girls, for me, a lot of times has been like background noise almost, mm-hmm. um, you know, comfortable, funny and good and like almost like very lighthearted. Yeah. And so now I'm kind of watching them and just like analyzing them more f- mm-hmm. so that we can kind of talk about them. And then also hearing you guys talk about them helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just realizing that this is like put together a lot better than I kind of originally thought. And I re- originally had very good, Kind of, or I had a, a very high um, esteem for the show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I have a weird relationship with this episode. Um, what's funny is when I went on Hulu to look at this episode, it was already at like the eight minute mark or something like that. And that's because when I first went through the run of Golden Girls uh, recently, about maybe a year or two ago, uh, it was during my massive hypochondria phase when I was like super, like going to the hospital all the time because I was having uh, hypochondria episodes. And uh, it was during that time when I watched it, whenever that was, two, three, four years ago, I don't know when it was, yesterday. And um, this episode, it, it it struck too much of a nerve for me back then. I couldn't finish it. So I didn't finish huh. it. What's weird, though, so this is the first time I finished it. I'm not in that place anymore. I'm, I'm very well medicated right now. And, uh, and so I was able to watch it very fine, you know. But what's funny, though, what was weird is watching it, watching it all the way through, and I'm sure this would have happened if had I finished watching it, was I have a very distinct memory of watching this episode first run, and I was a little kid, Okay. Because I always remember, and I've always remembered, that speech that Dorothy gives at the end about the woman who ate the watercress salad uh, and yeah. in Paris and gets the gargoyle following her. My mom just laughing hysterically at that story and that bit in the show and telling fr- – I remember her calling people and or talking to the phone later and telling friends about this moment on the show. Like She'd always talk about that moment. She thought it was so funny. And I just remember her laughing. And so it had, I had this weird visceral reaction watching it the first time going like, oh, my God. I remember being like a little kid and this moment specifically because of my mom's reaction to that story. And so. it may be on a best of reel because that scene has been shown a lot, that last gargoyle. Okay. Oh, so maybe it was. I remember so I seeing it. It, it might have been shown again in another in another thing as well. True, saying. true. Well, this show's notorious for doing their flashback episodes too, so it might be that you. But they actually do them horrible. well. They're one of the few shows who I think do them well because they add new stuff within them. Mm-hmm. 
Sorry. <laughs> Boo Hecker. Lawson's sugar is low and he's high. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did smoke weed too. <laughs> when do I get an excuse for anything? By the way, Lawson. Joe's a a hypochondriac and his parents are killing themselves. Lawson, I was talking to Taylor (laughs) the Lot Table yesterday. Yeah. And he was telling me, oh, he did that uh, Pride 48 had that Zoom night, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you go, Joey Puhick? I did not. Yeah, yeah. I go, go, he invited me and Lawson to go. And I and imagine if we would have shown up and Boo Hecker wasn't even there. And be oh God, that, you would have known was, nobody. It was Boo Hecker's idea. Yeah, it was my idea. It's funny you know they it had invited to a party and then the person. Who <laughs> you know what it was? <laughs> Kevin and I. Kevin got dinner. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I kind of enjoy the time that we get to spend with each other because it's usually not often. So we were sitting and watching a TV show together and enjoying mm-hmm. each other's company. No, so yeah, like I, I like, get it. You know what? That's okay. Look, because everyone... because also this Zoom thing, while it was my idea and it was really for the morale of everybody, it was your idea. Yeah, you know? it was his idea. No. I told you. But the, but the thing is, there's like 35 people in the room. I can't even get an edge a word in edgewise with the two of you. Can you imagine it with 30 people? <laughs> Look, you can't get a word in. Yeah, is how you feel. Yeah, Lawson, he feels like he can't get a word in. Uh, you all can get the next 300 episode words on your own. <laughs> By the way, everyone should know just Joey Boohecker, his husband or boyfriend or whatever he calls him, life partner, is so attractive, right? I could see why you'd rather, I would rather be with Kevin than D- Gary Bearden, you know, or. Uh... Don't use names. <laughs> oh, it could be anybody. West Stone. Okay, I'll say West Stone. Like, I'll, I'd rather be with West Stone. West Stone being all miserable on the show, talking about the nutcracker. I heard stories hey, about Boo Hecker, would you ever do a crowd cast where we would all three be on video and people would would you ever do that? No, One I'm too fat and ugly. Doesn't stop me. No, there's different reasons. It's because you Here it comes. are a whore. <laughs> <laughs> Once you could figure out the way to make the most money with the with the minimalist amount of work. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I don't work at all. You're right. The easiest I didn't say you don't work at all. I said it's the minimalist amount of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no work at all. Just oh, look how defenses we're getting now. Oh, I'm not defensive. You, know you know what's Woo-hoo. so funny, Lawson? It's so funny you say that. I heard reports. Right? I'm not going to say who told me, but I heard reports from this Pride 48 Zoom event. I won't tell me. I won't tell you who told me this. Okay. <laughs> but I heard that that came up on the Pride 48. What came up? The, the me and the this patance and, and getting all his riches for who, who the fuck would say that? How <laughs> this pile of everyone. The reason I won't go on Crowdcast is I have a pile of gold that I sit on, like Uncle Scrooge. And uh, <laughs> I just got a visual of that, which would be hilarious. And I slide down uh, a, a gold slide, and then until like, and I go, wee, and the coins all shoot up. <laughs> <laughs> please if anybody does any animation please please Joey you're getting coins oh, it's your mother Joey you're getting coins all over the house and yeah. daddy's tripping on them yeah yeah you're getting your guilt all over the place okay I know my mom turned Jewish 
Clinic guilt. No, please, that would be if anybody has the ability to make this video, please. Okay, so let's talk about the themes from this episode. Uh, obviously, there's one theme. It's actually one of, I was reading, and there's not much trivia, but it is one, and, and Boo Hacker, our resident uh, Golden Girls trivia expert, can fill us in here. Uh, it's one of the very few episodes that has one storyline. There's no B plot, no C plot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so... Uh, and it's and in relative real time. Yeah. Except for that weird commercial break, and then they come back, and then like, it's just like seconds later, but they've like been holding, you know, they came back and did it. Uh, yeah. All right, so let's talk about it with uh, death and uh, uh, what, what, what reactions, what feelings did you have going through you with this, watching this, Lawson? It was a deeper one, right? Mm-hmm, like yeah. they talk about some kind of personal deep emotions mm-hmm. instead of just like dealing with – you know, issue of the day or whatever. It's yeah. like really deep character mm-hmm. uh, dive for the these guys, which I really enjoyed. Um, and like I said, I'm appreciating kind of the heaviness of some of these that I never really absorbed in the right way. I think. Mm-hmm. What about you, Bu? Well, I think it's keeping true to what the, which is why again I think it was taped in the first half, is because it's true to what the show was going to be about. And it was these middle, these women in their golden years living their lives, you know? And I mean, let's be honest with our age right now, every time you go to a funeral, don't you always feel that like you've just moved up a step further in line? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't go to many funerals to be honest. Like I haven't. Well, yeah. You don't want to return uh, to the scene of the crime. This is yeah. so obvious for the detectives. <laughs> so, but, it, but it, that was kind of like a nice, I mean, like, if I was reading a book, I would have kind of underlined that part of Dorothy's monologue. Like, mm-hmm. what a like great way of kind of just, like, cutting to the point of this is her point that she made about, you know, her mom dying means she's next almost. Well, you know, Big Fatty, uh, I believe, said that every time he had a family gathering, even now, that all the siblings and cousins take pictures together. Like, they take all a picture together. And the last one that they did was at his mother's funeral. I think his mother was like the last of the Mohicans in that thing. Mm-hmm. And Fatty even said, you know, the next picture we take, one of us is likely not to be in it. You know, and that's that's really an interesting when you're, you know, all of the same generation that you know that next one is probably one of us won't make it. Right. Uh, Boo Hacker's part of a podcasting network called Pride 48. And Big Fatty is a personality from that network. For those of you that are not in the know. He's not talking about me. Can't believe you all don't talk about Big Fanny. Well, if he joined at a certain tier level, then I would talk about him. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, it it was really weird. uh, Like I told you, this triggered me the first time I watched it. Well, not the first time, but the the rewatch, you know, a couple years ago. But it was different for me this time. It didn't trigger me, but it made me sad because... You know, uh, three of those four ladies are dead, and they're right. talking about their their because they all take turns talking about their deaths, and um, they've been dead for a while. No, I, I realize they've been dead for a while, but it's still. No, but weird. I mean, like B. Arthur died a decade ago. I mean, it doesn't seem like that. That's a long time. I know, but it, it's it's so weird with the Golden Girls is that they just feel. The, the the shows apart from the fashion and the references, it it aged very well. So I in agree. my head, I'm waiting to see B. Arthur on a television show or you know Rue McClanahan. Like 
It's crazy. Even Betty White, it's I I still remember Betty White as the Golden Girls Betty White, not like feeble, you know, 99-year-old Betty White. How old she is now? But she was great. Did you ever watch Hot in Cleveland? She was really great. No, I didn't watch this Hot in Cleveland. Yeah. I didn't watch this okay, I'm just I asked. You said no, great. I was just saying I said no. You were in a Buhek. Did you take? Did you have to be in really not in a mood. I'm just asking. Did you watch it? No. Okay. What are you, me? Yesterday. <laughs> you know what? Buhek was just taking enough. <laughs> <laughs> because I because the thing is, I'm having a civil conversation with you guys, and and and, and we're just talking like this. And then mm-hmm. Joe goes, "No, no, no. Let's save it for the show." And then we get on the show, and it's like, "So you're all gonna do this and this and this." And I think that's extremely unfair to me. Buhecker. You know, funny I, part I, is, Boo-hecker. wait a minute. And the funny part is, Lawson sits there and laughs. But Lawson yesterday threw a fit because we wouldn't concede that a guy wanted to fuck his mother. No, I wasn't able to make the point. Like, I was getting interrupted literally every sentence. That was the problem that I was having. And it was so frustrating that I just walked away for a second to gather my breath, you know? Still wrong, but that's okay. How do you know I didn't get to make my point? (laughs) Any point that ends with the guy wanted to fuck his mother is not working out. You're looking swell, Danny Biden Town. Anyway, uh, what were we talking about before that? Oh, Boo Hacker. Boo Hacker, I have one answer for you for that. It's in my nature. Now, didn't you actually live out this scenario with Betty at one point? Do I remember something happened? That, that health that- scare. That she, that, I don't know if they thought she was poisoned or didn't something like this like really truly happen, and you guys were waiting for the ambulance or some crazy thing. No, I know what you're talking about. What's oh, funny? Okay. I'll get to that in a second. What's funny is for the past few days, my mom has had the quote unquote. In fact, she described it as a bubble in her chest, but much like Rose, she just belched it out. She belched it out. She belched it out and it went away. But um. She was waiting. It was weird. I remember. I think I was on the phone with Taylor. I think, and um, and my was wearing one of those earpieces, like not an AirPod, but like that. And those are very sensitive. And I could just hear my mom go like, <laughs> "Oh, thank God!" And I, this Taylor got really quiet, and I was just really awkward. Anyway, um, no, there was one time we were sitting in the living room. My mom stood up, and she got like this weird like. The way she described, it, like, like her insides were being like twisted, and we had to call a paramedic. But it, it turned out to be just like a muscle. She just pulled the muscle, but she's a very dramatic person. Uh, okay, let's talk about the references. There are a few references, some of them to varying degrees of obscurity. Like, for instance, I, I, I debated whether to include this one, but I thought I would because this is for future generations who might not know. A Princess Di reference. Sophia says, who am I, Princess Di? Or something like that, or something like a joke like that. And I think... Uh, you really think that's a reference people don't know? I, I, I don't know. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I feel like most would know. Like, her I, name is still... But especially with the two kids getting married so much recently, and will they wear Di's wedding ring, or will they wear Di's but, but it, It's funny that you say that. It's funny that so my speculation is that they may know that she existed, but they wouldn't know that in the 80s, she because this is sort of what the reference is in reference to, is that she was seen as like a fashion and style icon and very chic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think I don't even think Meghan Markle or Kate Middleton even come near approaching the effect she had on pop culture in the eighties and nineties. 
Uh, Not currently, no. Yeah. So that joke... It really has to do with also her impact, not just that she was the princess. Um, also, I wonder, too, if they would get a Pavarotti joke. How long has Pavarotti been dead, you know? And uh, for so Luciano Pavarotti was a very... Is Pavarotti dead? Pavarotti's dead. Uh, is a very, very famous uh, opera singer, but he was also just as famous for being super fat, right? So when she says that it feels like Pavarotti sitting on her chest... She's saying it feels like this fat opera singer is sitting on her chest. Uh, uh, Sophia makes a, a passing reference to Heckle and Jekyll when she's talking about uh, Blanche and Rose. And Heckle and Jekyll were these uh, two cartoon characters. You don't really see those cartoons anymore. They were like a low... They crows. Yeah, they were two like sarcastic crows, right? Isn't that what it was? Uh-huh. And they also, I, I think it also had a racial undertone to it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I think that it's subtle, but I feel like that's probably why we don't see it. I much wonder because... if you can see because I feel that there was like, yeah, there was. I think I believe there was a Looney Tunes cartoon that they were sort of ripping off that was um, too crude, but they were like British and polite. Isn't that what it was? Or like, I think uh, I I think that I think it was the other way around. Actually, I think that Heckle and Jekyll came first. Oh, let me see. Let's see here. Heckle and... But... Well, it's so funny, because when I think of Tom and Jerry cartoons, I always think of Mammy, and you never see that anymore. Okay, right? so let's see here. There's one here that's... Do you remember the character, Mammy? Yeah, Where you just see her legs? Yeah. Okay, let me see. Original version, Heckle and Jekyll, the blind date. Thomas! Let me see here. Lucky finder of dimples. Oh, 100%. It just sounds like an Eddie Cantor kind of thing or a Durante. We're, we're going to start doing a reference joke, for, a reference segment for Joey Buhecker's references. Eddie Cantor and Jimmy Durante? I mean, I get the that's, references, but that's like, what I think that, But that's what I think they're imitating. Yeah. You know what? There's this thing called the fucking internet around. Educate yourself, people. Well, of course, now they're not talking, but... Oh, one of them is British. Uh, all right. Anyway, that's what she referenced into these rascally crows. Um, you know, uh, let's talk about the speech that Rose gives about um, Charlie's death. It made me think, and Boohacker, you've brought this up, but she was married to a television personality and game show, Betty White was, named Alan Ludden, who had just died yep. in 1981, only four years before this, from stomach cancer. I did the research. Yep. And so she had just, I mean, just fairly recently lost her own husband. And that was uh, the love of her life. Yeah, she said that was the love of her life. She never, And she never married again, unless she gets married at 99 or how, how wait, let me see. Computer, how old is Betty White? Oh, 98. Unless she gets married suddenly at 98 years old. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no. No. So, so, shut up. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so Alan Ludden died of stomach cancer in 1981. Uh, love of her life never marries again. Um, and then one more reference. Uh, later in the kitchen, when Rose asks what they're referring to, uh, Dorothy sarcastically says the U.S. about the U.S. policy in Guatemala. Uh, at the time, Guatemala was a 
big story in the news. I had to look this up specifically. It was it was a story in the news throughout the 80s, but in 1985, the U.S. government helped overthrow the government of Guatemala, and there was a lot of controversy about whether that was right of the Reagan administration. People had very critical. People were very critical of the Reagan administration's policy in Guatemala and doing active, you know, overthrowing governments to put the to put in the leader that they wanted in there. And so there was a lot of that going on in the yeah. 80s in general. So that would have been very big in the news. The government's heavy involvement in Guatemala and giving them guns and money. And so that is what uh, Dorothy's referring to at that time. People would have known what she was talking about. Yes, Mike Lawson. Have you ever eaten like a dish that like was a good dinner and then someone tells you what ingredients are in it and you're like, oh, that's not so good now because I don't really like whatever I just ate. Uh-huh. You just did that to me. Oh, like, why? Really? Why? I, mean, I feel like the reason Golden Girls is really good is like it's I don't understand kind of some of those like more complex things. And mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. But you still get the reference. You get the concept of it, though, correct? Yeah. Like, even without knowing the details, you understood enough and got the concept. No, people get the joke, yeah. I didn't know what was going on in Guatemala. I didn't know that even there was something precisely. I mean, that joke to me is evergreen. You could put that on stage today and say, like, because the. The joke was just the U.S.'s relationship with Guatemala or something. Well, also, right? the word Guatemala is funny. From a yeah. comedian point of view, Guatemala is a funny word. That's true. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you just described the ingredients of a dish I, I really enjoyed. And now that I know the ingredients of it, it's a little... I understand I that. It just tasted like you somehow altered the taste of that joke. There's There's a show that I saw years ago. It was probably 96... I've seen it since then, but it's called Sheer Madness. Are you any of you familiar with it? No. Yes, I I we I have a weird connection to that show. Actually, oh, you do. Like every night's different. Supposedly, it's an, it's an interactive show, and the audience votes on who the murderer is. And Wait, in the second what? act, the audience can ask questions and stuff. So it's an interactive show. There's a murderer. It's the longest running interactive show. It started in Boston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, the point of it and still um, plays in Boston too. Yep, still plays. I think it plays, might still play in Washington too. Anyway, the the interesting part about it is in '96, the, somebody asked him if he killed this woman, and his response, which at the time was hysterical, but you wouldn't understand it now, mm-hmm. is he said, "If I wanted to kill the bitch, I'd buy her a ticket to the Japanese subway." Now it means nothing now, but at the time it was hysterically funny. But in '96, now it actually would probably be funny because you could take the the COVID joke. Mm-hmm. But in '96, it was because at that time there were all the bombings. People were bombing the Japanese subways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at, what I'm saying at the time it was hysterically funny though. But it's one of those things that people might won't fi- could probably hear it now. You know, if she's not want to kill a bitch, I buy her ticket for a Japanese subway. They'd probably still laugh because they, they get there's something there, mm-hmm. but they don't know the original reason. Mm-hmm. That's it. Sorry. It was just Why so are you apologizing. The golden girls version of it that we just talked about really does. It's a, it's better than that sheer madness joke, right? Like it's yeah. Oh, because yeah, yeah, it yeah. still lands, even though you have no idea what's happening in Guatemala. The joke is rather just. But that. if you heard the joke about the Japanese subway, your brain would start going, "Okay, what are they talking about? Are they talking about COVID nineteen? Maybe it should be in China. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your brain starts filling and figuring out why it's that. Yeah. All right, let's go to the last part of the show where we give the number of cheesecakes and give our final thoughts on the episode. Let's start with you, Buhecker. Uh, final thoughts on the episode. How many cheesecakes are you giving it? I'm giving it seven. I really like this episode. I think it's great character development. I think it's, again, I keep saying, 
you have these great comedians working together, but you're able to see them on a different side, a different, truly touching, sincere side of these characters. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually really beautiful. Um, and and I really like. There was something in B. Arthur's inflection in the last story that she's telling because I've I've seen B. Arthur's one woman show and I have it on tape. And the way she tells a story and the way she talks, and you can tell when somebody's using their own voice. And the last scene felt very much in her own voice, which is which is very interesting. So to me, it had a lot of heart, and I thought it was beautiful. Seven cheesecake from Boohecker. All right, Lawson. What about you? I'm putting myself down for seven as well. Um, it's solid, so I don't have any, I don't, why not an eight, um, Boo Hecker? You, you gave an eight previously to the pilot and to the competition, the one with bowling. You think, you know, it, it, it probably is, a, it, you know, it, I was being conservative on purpose. I mean, I probably would have gone, I probably would have gone seven and a half, eight, but just because I wanted to give myself room. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, this isn't like a ha ha sitcom one, but this one, it, I mean, to me, this is a seven and eight. I gotcha. mean, I'll stick with seven, but it's... Since we it, can't it, do it, half numbers. Yeah, I think it's definitely deserving, um, but it's but I, I know there's other stuff coming ahead of us that I think are in eight, nines, and tens. Cool. I'm the same then. I feel like maybe it's a seven and a half that I'll round down to a seven. Um, what is well, you your... Give it an eight, you give it an eight, I'll go to seven, and that'll make up for each of our halves. <laughs> I've given no eights before. This is the highest score I've ever given. Oh, so. really? Here's what's interesting. I totally get what you guys are saying. I understand it. I'm not shocked by it or anything like that. But I feel I'm being generous with a five. Five? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this episode. I don't like... I go to the Golden Girls for light, lighthearted, not think about life and death. Does that make sense? And yeah. so this is an episode. It, I, I agree. It's very well written. It has some great monologues. There's but I great, think that's are, what makes this episode even yeah, better. They're, great, they're able to do both. Yeah, there are great set pieces. I I, uh, I I get everything what you're saying. I admire the craft of it. But that's, for some reason, it's not why I go to the Golden Girls and I give it a five. Okay, fair. Um, and you you know what? That number kind of averages it out for us. So Yeah. Cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. But wait, what was the episode uh, that we, you and I really liked Boo Hecker and Lawson didn't like? What episode was that? Everything. Episode five, you guys, I mean, yeah, for the most part, you, um, five and seven, you graded, you know, higher than me. Oh, really? I thought that was an episode that we loved and you hated. I can't remember what it was, but maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. The Triangle? Um, no, I mean, set, you gave it sevens, I gave it a six. Oh. Hmm. Mike really, really loved the one on the cruise ship. Episode uh, three. <laughs> Rose the Prude. No, we were all fives there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Google Doc has like a color coding. You can yeah, kind of see. Oh, wait, so you put this equivalent to Rose the Prude? Me? Oh, yeah. yeah. In fact, Ooh. I would say I might even like Rose the Prude more. Wow. The only episode Joey graded lower than this one is uh, episode six, which is on Golden Girls, where which the. Is- grandson it's, comes to visit it's so funny on golden girls is why i didn't give it a four come back well this is better than on golden girls so probably in retrospect i'd give on golden girls a three i'm not going to change it i would yeah. have given it a three and given this a four interesting okay i'm well, not changing it though i'm not changing either one good to know 
All right. Well, let's call it a day there. Mike Lawson, I am so glad that you uh, were able to come today, despite the low blood sugar, despite your highness. Um, and thank you for being a friend. And Thank you for being a friend. And Boo Hacker? Fuck off. Thank you for listening to Shady Pine, the limited series from Afterthought Media. You can find Mike Lawson on Instagram at Mr. Mike Lawson. That's M-R-M-I-K-E-L-A-W-S-O-N. You can find Joey Boohacker on Facebook. That's uh, Joey. And last name B-U-C-H-E-K-E-R. And you can find Joe Batance on Instagram at Joe Batance. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. Shady Pines is an Afterthought Media podcast. <laughs>